On this episode of Resi Week, there's a new report out saying that smart home promises have been broken and consumers are not happy about it. What would you do if you were building a whole home AV system from scratch? And what exactly do you call a residential AV integrator? All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, Episode 7, recorded Monday, March 14th, 2016. Promises, promises. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like DisplayNote. This is Resi Week, your weekly look at the residential market for the AV industry. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host with us this week, my buddy, pal, and uh, marketing guru all around, Mr. Matt D. Scott for AV Nation. How are you, bub? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, sir. Also with us is Mr. Joe Whitaker, Jay Whitaker Designs and CDA board member extraordinaire. And he got his AV Tweep stickers. I got my stickers. You should have gotten that like the second day I, I mailed them. You're like a half an hour from me. Good. I know. It took forever to get here. Um, gr- glad to be here again, as always. Thanks, guys, for having me. Absolutely. And last but not least, a gentleman that I had the very good pleasure of meeting in Amsterdam, uh, a, a, a good friend of, of our buddy George Tucker's, a uh, longtime AV professional. His name is Mitch Klein, and currently he is running Z-Wave Alliance. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, and it's uh, good to be here with such uh, extinguished uh, personalities. I mean, I'm sorry, distinguished uh, personalities. <laughs> you know what I mean? I meant to be positive. So he'll, Hi, he'll guys. be here all week, folks. He'll be here all week. Yeah. So, right. uh, <laughs> let's let's get into this. Um, CE Pro, um, you know, you know where you'll ever or you know, Julia Jacobson and, and the folks. Actually, this this story is by Jason Knott, but um, they, they posted a story, and um, yeah. My, my, my share is not working, so I'll just read the story. Uh, CE Pro says the a consumer uh, study that came out recently uh, says that smart home technology is, quote, unquote, a broken promise. Uh, 75% of buyers label cost, setup, and maintenance as a turnoff. Um, Mr. Scott, we'll start with you on this. And, and the basic question, I guess, and the easiest question is, um, is it a broken promise? Is is the smart home something that we haven't hit? Do you want the polite answer, the no. diplomatic answer, or the honest answer? Uh, I, from you, <laughs> I want the honest answer. The, I, I would say a lot of times it is a broken system um, and, a, and a broken solution because, you know, we find that a lot of times guys that are in this industry uh, get very excited about the tech that they're working with and they always want to strive to do the really cool things and a lot of times they may not have the training or the skill set to properly execute those things so when it comes to excuse me you know creating and and designing a smart home a a lot of times the guys that are tasked with doing that aren't really up to up, up to snuff to accomplish that properly for the client and meet the expectations that the client has whether those expectations are valid or not uh, and I think that's the other side of the the conversation is that a lot of times our clients' expectations, whether they've developed those by themselves or with our help, uh, they're not necessarily accurate to what 
can be accomplished usually for the budget they want to spend. All right, Joe, let's let's take off on that. And and that was one of the things that that they may mention in, in the piece that cost both in time and, and then actual money out of pocket is an issue. Why is that? Why why is, is cost such an issue with these things? Well, obviously, you know, when you when you look at that, cost is always an issue on the on the HTP side, just because they have to hire a professional uh, to install, upgrade, maintenance, uh, and program to make all these things work, you know, concertly together. You know, the thing about the statistics, though, when you look at the unsatisfied customer, because there was another study done about a year ago on the same thing, is when you have these consumer numbers get piled in together, you have off-the-shelf IoT, and you also have what HTPs provide. And we know that the promise is broken on the consumer side. That promise has been broken for a very long time with Wink, Iris, Staples, everybody else. The promise was already broken. And now because that's consumer-facing, those stats are starting to show up on the professional side. So it kind of makes it slanted. Cost is always going to be what is the value. It's always going to go down to what is the value. To get a reliable system, you are going to have to pay a little bit more. It's like the difference between driving a Mercedes-Benz SOK and a Volkswagen Jetta. You get what you pay for at the end of the day. And with, with you know the electronics the way they are now and all these consumer products coming in and integrators getting asked to integrate Nest, Sonos, all these other things, Wink, uh, GE, into a whole home solution – there is going to be some distaste because now we're starting to blend those together. And oftentimes they don't work well together and it makes the associated costs go up. Whereas I could take a, use Michael Klein, uh, for example, I could take a Z-Wave product that's built for that and it immediately integrates. But then they say, I want to use Philips Hue lights. So now there's a cost associated with that, the extra labor costs associated with the longer term and the longer time it actually takes to integrate that into a system. So, you know, the, these numbers and these stats really bother me because they're very skewed from actual fact if you were to break consumer and, uh, you know, HTP integrated solutions. It, it, it's a very muddled number. It, it's something that bothers me every time I see these come out. Well, and this is, if I can jump in, this is one of those things where I would love to have a qualifying statement at the head end of all of these kind of surveys of, you know, if you were going to comment on your, you know, adoption of a smart home technology, are you including these five types of either technologies or devices, or these five, or these five? Because just as Joe said, there's a major difference between, you know, stuff that's off the shelf, consumer, versus full-on Crestron or Control 4 or RTI or URC or any of the, you know, true partners or AMX or whoever you want to throw in there. And, you know, if I get one more person telling me they hate smart home technology because they don't like their Nest, (laughs) that's not the same thing. But, again, that's where we as professionals come in to try and explain that to our clients so that they know what what they're, you know, looking at and what they're evaluating. Well, guys, I think uh, those are absolutely valid, valid points, and I'd like to go back to the premise here. And the, my issue is whose promise? You say the promise of smart home. Whose promise are we referring to? Are we referring to the promise from the press releases that uh, 
the Bluetooth special interest <laughs> group puts out there, and they, they promise that they're going to have all this wonderful technology and interoperability by 2018. We're talking about the promise that Google says with their, with their Weave platform that, by the way, the Nest Weave is not compatible with the Google Weave, or they're talking about, you know, which promise? So when we lump it all to say one promise and the disappointment in the promise, there's no way we're going to satisfy everybody. It, it can't happen. There's too many promises being made, of which most of them are not possible to be delivered. Okay, but but th there's a slight difference between most and and at least the the, the percentage that that CEO Pro is pointing out here. That's seventy five. Well, seventy four percent. I almost seventy five said seventy five percent, but seventy four percent. Uh, again, this is this is a, a a survey put out by the Security Industry Association. They're the people that that put the the pieces together. I, I get what you guys are saying. It, it, Mitch, I want to I ask you one thing, though. As an industry association that kind of Z-Wave does, um, you guys work with manufacturers, but you're also out there trying to get you, you know Z-Wave out there and, and your, your manufacturer's name out there to you know not just integrators, but also end users. How do you guys, or, or can you fix this perception Granted, right there, there are you guys have made some really good points about you know it's you know Nest is not necessarily smart home and 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 you know what exactly is is the promise and the promise by who, but at least for some people there is a perception. So how do you fix that? Well, the only way this could be fixed is by working across the different standards categories and working towards interoperability. And there are definitely initiatives in that in that general direction. Um, but again, let's talk about which channels we're talking about. I think, uh, I don't remember whether it was Scott or Joe brought up uh, the issue of integrators not necessarily being qualified to do some of the work. I mean, that that's one channel. And I think the promise of integration can be totally satisfactory through the integrator channel. And, and then the real question becomes, you know, how do we qualify who's capable of delivering that? So I think the integrator channel has a lot of, I wouldn't even say hope, a lot of experience demonstrated success. Um, on the consumer side, this is a huge business grab by some very large companies. You know, Intel and Qualcomm yeah. have actually started to reach across the aisle, which is something that one never thought could possibly happen. So hope springs eternal, but on the consumer side, walk into a Best Buy or a Target, walk down their uh, smart home or integrated home sections, and if you want to buy anything, while you're there, I'd be very surprised because it's <laughs> it's just totally, totally confusing. Yeah. So that's why someone buys one product. They buy a Lutron thing or a Nest thing or a Honeywell thing. They install it. They get frustrated and say, this smart home, this sucks. They should have called Joe or, or, or uh, you know, or Matt. All right. Very good. Well, one of the things yes. I keep going back to on this is that, you know, you look at how many, you know, actual – "Quote unquote integrators, home technology professionals are out there, and how many of them are legitimately certified to do anything? Because I mean, when you look at the four things that are are labeled in here, which are the biggest question problems: complexity, cost, self-service, and support. We'll take the self-service portion out because they're going to be the ones that are going to buy Lutron Cassetta and Wink and all these other things. But you look at support, cost, and complexity." So you say there's, I don't know, 100,000 companies that do what we do, you know, in the nation, but there, there may only be legitimately 3,000 of them that are certified in any kind of networking. 
there may be only 2,500 of them certified any kind of controlled lighting situations. And then when we when our study comes from the security industry, how do you want to think about that? I okay. personally don't you know want in my home security guys doing automation, but you know because they have their thing. We don't do security; they don't do automation. That's kind of the you know I don't want to put out a study on how many people don't like their wireless recessed door contacts for their security system. Not my job. Not my thing. So. <laughs> Studies like this, like I said, they always bother me unless they come from somebody like CDA, CEA, um, you know, somebody who's got some real, you know, real relevance and real stats. Well, this, this is why, again, not, not tooting our horn, but this is one of the reasons why, as an alliance, we put together our, our certification program uh, and, and our training to, to help enable security guys, for example. 95% of the panels out there have Z-Wave built in. 93% of the installers don't even know that. Um, so, you know, it, it's really difficult to get the word out. As an integrator, you can pick up any box, any product, and it's got the Z-Wave logo. You've got relative assurance, you know, that there's going to be some interoperability. That's not the case when you pick up some other things, but it requires sort of, it requires training and understanding. Well, and that that actually makes a very nice segue into our into our next story, which is from our buddy Todd Puma on, on residential systems. What do you call yourself? <laughs> And and so here's the thing. This goes back a couple of years, and you don't really want to know. Well, you, you, yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean this is a family show, Mitch? It's a family right. show. I, I know Tucker. You know, never mind. Um, this goes back a couple of years, and bear with me for a second. I want to say it was what was it, 2011, Matt? Um, Are we talking the graphic? I'm talking the graphic. Yeah, don't bring yeah. it up. Um, no, I wasn't so, going to. So, so 2011. Yeah, because my sister was still in law school. So, yeah, 2010, 2011. 2010, 2011. So, Cedia came out with a new phrase, and, and it was it was the electronics systems contractors. The ESKI. Right? The ESKI. And at the time, I said it sounded something like a that would be on a a, a Star Wars, you know, the little furball Star Wars guys. That sounded very much like a like a Ewok. Um, <laughs> But but Todd makes a good point, and it goes back to what you guys were saying: is, is who is the, the, the who are the people doing this, right? Who are the men and women actually doing this? And uh, Joe, we'll start with you. Todd says, uh, Todd, it's, it's interesting. Um, you, you know, I actually wanted to email Todd when this article came out because the you know the conversation that he's talking about with Vin happened many 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 months ago. Um, you know, when the, when the names and the ideas were this, this, that conversation happened before Cedia in Dallas. So it's been quite a while when names were getting thrown around on what they could call. Um, you know, there's been different iterations, like you said, ESC, um, which was okay here in the U.S. There was huge problems with it in EMEA. Um, you, you know, what a lot of people didn't realize is that Cedia is a global organization. Yeah. So when you put titles to it, you have to be careful because there may be legal issues in other lands. Like you cannot use the word engineer for us in the UK or you will get like in trouble, legal yeah. trouble. So, you, you know, when it, was pushed, when, when it was pushed out there and it was it was a conversation that went on for quite a while before it was pushed out to CDA members asking, what do you think you should be called? Um there were a lot of different names that were thrown around. I mean, and, I, and 
I use myself as an example. I've used many different titles of what we do. Um, but when it came down to using HTP Home Technology Professional, before it got sent out to the membership, because this, this conversation happened in, in many board meetings as well, actually, um, was that it needed to be something that wasn't just encompassing of the home, but could be used for many years upon many years after, so it doesn't have to be changed every four years, yeah. which is something that, or six years, which is something that people that have been involved with Cedia know has happened. It had to be something that was far-reaching, could be used down the line, could be used internationally, and doesn't sound like anything else. It, it can't be, you know, very, very generic. Uh, it, it's funny. Vin tossed around the idea of using the word technologist. And uh, that is a very well kind of regarded word that's already being used. I think Pete Cashmore from Mashable actually calls himself a technologist. That's his his kind of internal term. But we're trying to talk about the home. We're trying to talk about the residential space. So the name just kind of fit and kind of stuck. And when it was sent out to the membership, by far it had the best response as far as what could we call ourselves. Because I've never had a very good short elevator pitch yeah. ever. I am horrible at that. You know, there were years that went by people asked me, what do you do? I hang speakers. That, that's what I do. I hang speakers. You know, because there's no really good way. Now you can just say, I'm a home technology professional. Boom, light bulb goes off. I'm done. And, th and that's a valid point. Uh, Mitch, you, you used to be a, what, what we would call now, that, according to Joe, a home technology professional. Um, what would you call yourself now? Yeah, we used to be called custom installers for a while yep. there. And, you know, the guy who put my new countertops in was also a custom installer. So that didn't quite, quite work. Um I still prefer to use the term integrator. Um, that doesn't necessarily say what it is, and you generally have to attach to it. But I'm I'm shying away from using the term home, um, even though that drives the point across. The point is that I think, in terms of the technology that people are using, and that our CDA type uh, and integrators are installing, it's not just the home anymore. It's not going to be. I've talked to Vin about this. I think it's dangerous to focus on that word, the home. I think that's a part of the description. But if you're a technology integrator or a system integrator, people understand what that means. You're talking about wearables. We're talking about automobiles. We're talking about the office. And when I talk about the office, it's technology wherever you are and where you want to deploy it. I'm not necessarily saying Infocom related you know, uh, technologies, but still stuff that you use in the home you're using wherever you are. It's not about the home anymore. It's about technology that goes where you go. And so I prefer to use that term, uh, system integrator, technology integrator. That's that's where I go with it. All right. Uh, Mr. Scott, you, you've got a couple different feet in a couple different places here. So could you do, I do. you know, commercial, like commercial as well as as, as house of worship and, and, and home. So what, what do you call yourself? <laughs> I, I, I don't know anymore. Um, it's probably got the word intergalactic in it. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, I just like to say we do awesome things. No, <laughs> you know what? There, no, seriously, there's no, something it, to be said for that because here's I the would thing. take. I can't take credit for it though because one of our clients essentially uses a simile of that. But no, it, and and that is very accurate though. And I'm with Joe. My elevator pitch has been terrible for years. 
what I like to express to people is that what what my company does, what we do, is we provide technology so you can work and be happy. Um, we provide technology solutions. It, it's kind of the all-encompassing. You know, we're that weird company that is certified in a boatload of residential solutions as well as a boatload of commercial and IT solutions. And there just isn't, unfortunately, one catch-all phrase that works. We still use System Integrator a lot. Um, but to be honest, we find no matter what label we've tried to use, whether we said technologist, whether we say AV integrator, whether we say audio guy, we still have to explain to people what it is we do. And until all of, you know, un until technology becomes concise enough that you can properly express, you know, one segment of the market without the extended description, we'll still probably have those extended descriptions because just as our first article said, you know, smart home technology can mean a plethora of different things to different people. And as soon as I go to someone and say, hey, we, you know, we help builders create smart homes, that might be very off-putting to some, that might be very uh, acceptable to some. Same with the, you know, the commercial spaces. I hate to say it, but this is just a really hard and tough area, and I realize the amount of work that both Cedia and Infocom put into creating these, you know, these catchphrases, these job titles, etc. Um, I, I run a technology company. I'm the president. I, you know, try to put people to work. That's what I do, and you know, for each individual client, we explain it a little bit different because that's what they're looking for. Yeah, and that, that's that's valid. I think so. Um, all right. Uh, or last... I made it up because I was bored. Lord. All right. You need to change your 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 business card now. Uh, last story sure. here, and and I I came across this as as I was going through looking for articles, and it, it it's from uh, HGTV, which right away kind of caught me. Right. Um, not unusual, especially in today's day and age with with IoT and this that and the other, but. Uh, the the article is is how to plan a whole home AV system. Like, well, this is kind of cool, right? You've got HGTV, comedy. the huh? Comedy. Well, it's not comedy. Right. It's it it. And it's totally comedy. It, okay, so we're going to start with here, Mitch. We're going to start with you. Um, you can say it's comedy. That's fine. My question to you, though, Mitch, is either what did they miss, or a better question, I think, is. Take away the, the the article itself and just say, "All right, you're you're starting from scratch. What is the one thing that you have to have as you're as you're developing a, a whole home AV system?" You know, I get, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a moment, and I think that uh, the media misses the point, and I think the manufacturers, for the most part, at least on the uh, smart home or connected home aspect, really miss the point. And this is what I've been professing. It's about use cases. People talk about the product. That's the mistake. It's not the product. Uh, integrators, I'm sure Joe, Matt, you guys have been saying this for years as well. It's not about the TV. It's about the experience. Um, I was out to, to a really great brunch the other day at a place called Liquid Art. Okay? Now, you can only imagine what that's okay. all about. But I won't get into it. But the point was, my wife says, you seem so happy. I said, yeah, because it's the experience. It's the experience. It's the use case. We're not talking about buying a door lock or getting a DVD player. 
what we're talking about is the end use, uh, not coming home to a dark, a dark house. Yeah. Amen. Being able to put the house to sleep at night or make sure that the doors are, are locked or being secure. And the media doesn't talk about that. And that is why something like what the, what the HG, you know, whatever their uh, entertainment side is, they miss the whole point. So there's my soapbox. Talk about the youth kids. Talk about being immersed and watching, you know, House of Cards and not being able to move from yourself for 12 hours because this was an incredible experience. And integrating, what can that what can that do to bring it to you? Yeah. All right, Mr. Scott, go ahead and and and, and Mitch hit all your wonderful points, whether it was lighting, he did. And all that jazz. So oh, sorry about that. No, no, no. That's no, you. You, no, made, you made Mr. Canada very happy. He's all about the lighting and everything. So, you know, he. Pardon? I'm saying I agree. It's about the lighting too. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, you you hit it on the head though, because this is where people always get caught up in people who don't understand what we can accomplish. Uh, like what our industry can accomplish. People get hung up on, ooh, what size and brand of TV am I getting? What kind of speakers am I getting? And in all reality, none of that really matters. It comes down to that user experience. It comes down to, you know, whatever you're looking for as a client, that's how we build a system out. I did a quote uh, two weeks ago for a client who came came to us and said, hey, I want to build a brand new smart home. I have no budget idea, and I have no you know specifications on anything. Hang on, time out. They had no budget. Want... Hang on, they, they had no budget idea, or they had no budget? They had no budget Because there's a difference idea. there. <laughs> I've had a no, there, And there's a huge different there difference there, and a lot of times people say it as in, I don't have a budget, and what they mean is, I don't know what this is going to cost me. Okay. So we did a quick, you know, run around. The only thing that they wanted is they had a bunch of monitor audio equipment and they wanted to continue to use that brand, which is great. We're a dealer. We love it. Good stuff. We went through the conversation of, okay, so what do you want to do? And he's like, well, no, no, I, I need to know about speakers. I'm like, no, you don't. We need to know what you want to do because if you want to do 14 zones of audio but you only want to spend $5,000 on that portion – that means two completely different things. And, you know, as you're building through those types of experiences, people need to get an understanding of what they want to accomplish because we can hit a whole lot of things with a whole lot of different numbers. And to say, hey, yeah, you need audio in a room or you need a big TV in a room doesn't really do the industry and the concept just and you and must have lighting, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, Joe, you're going to have the last word on this. So now that I switched rooms on you guys. Uh, very nice. Uh, if you're watching the video, he's now inside the house. I'm now inside. My battery was going to die. Um, no, you know, the, the article makes some, makes some points. You know, I know the person that's referenced um, from DSI Entertainment. I know the person that wrote the article. But, you know, when an article comes out like this, you have to kind of do – what, what Mitch said and add some other things. When you talk about these kind of environments, how can you leave out the importance of the network? The most important thing to make right, it all yes. work, and all you say is you might need Cap 5 or above wire. Um, and you're referring to, to video distribution at that. And talk about you could do wireless zones, but you know you're, you might have network and bandwidth problems. 
Well, that's probably one of the things you should address first. It's kind you of know? a big deal. Yeah, this is a big really deal. big deal. That should be the very first thing on there. Before you run a wire, let's figure out how to make this network robust enough to actually provide the system you want. And then at the very bottom, there's one short paragraph on control systems. That goes to what Mitch said about user experience. The very the, the two most important things are the network and the actual user experience. How do all these things tie together in a single interface or a single remote or a single phone app so they're not pressing 29 buttons to be able to you know go and turn a light on and turn a light off and turn a light on? Oh, I very mean, nice. How do you do that? You're missing the two most important components. This article was about 1989 multi-room audio and video. I mean, that's, it, it with, didn't with the control component thrown in at the end, yeah. Uh, yeah, lighting control and the integration and the GUIs and the network. I mean, that's where we are today. So, I mean, that's kind of where I think they lost in. Yes, they did a very good idea, you know, very good job about explaining the idea of, uh, you know, infrastructure in a home as far as wire. They did a good job of that. So, that, you know, maybe this article should be labeled more of a, pre-construction getting ready to get an integrator which is kind of where it's at this is all this is all pre-integration thought um, which from CNET you know it, it could have been done it could have been done in parts maybe or maybe that's the plan that there'll be a part two that tells you how to go a little further yeah but you know some of the most important things for any of my clients probably Matt's clients and also the people that uh, you know Mr. Klein speaks to is there's these other things that are more important, the, the network, the mm -hmm. interface, the usability, you know, the customer satisfaction point. Customer doesn't care about wires that are inside a wall. But again, it's this always comes back to, for me, the, the general populace does not find any of that sexy. They don't want to talk about networks. They don't want to talk about Wi-Fi stability. They want to talk about check out this 80, 90, or whatever 4K TV I just bought. Doesn't matter that I can only get 50 titles for it. It's awesome. But it also and goes I back to, to all my friends. But that also goes back to Mitch's uh, comment about the user experience, right? Completely. No, they don't want to talk about networks. You know, they don't, they couldn't care less. You know how many how much bandwidth they have, just as long as it works. But what they do care about is the interface, right? They, what they do care about is they walk mm -hmm. into a room. Or as soon as, as their house, you know, figures out that, hey, you're you're on your street, let's raise the garage door and, and turn on the lights uh, so you don't trip over yourself. You know, all I that. can tell you, I, I talk to the press all the time. Um, as much as I may have done in the past with Cedia, uh, I'm doing interviews and writing my own pieces uh, almost every day. And I can tell you, I, this, this whole soapbox thing about user experiences, use cases, things like that. I bring it up in every interview, and every single one of the people I talk to has an aha moment. So I can tell you, we are beginning to make make progress Good. a lot slower than we'd like, but little by little, and I'm talking about whether I talk to someone from Forbes or CE Pro, where we're starting to make progress. But as long as we keep focusing on the product, no one's going to talk about the network and the infrastructure that's required, because Matt, you're right, it's not sexy, but if you talk about the use case, and you want to be able to unlock the doors for your kids when they come home from school, there's your natural progression to talk about what infrastructure must be in place in order to deliver that promise. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that's, that is a half an hour for us, so I'll let you get on your day. Mr. Klein, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. 
Thank you. Always for a pleasure. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, how can people find you or Z-Wave? <clears throat> you can always email me at mitch at zwavealliance.org. That's z-wavealliance.org. Or you can go to zwave.com and check out uh, some of the resources we put together to help uh, end users and integrators alike find out more about deploying Z-Wave into their systems. All right. Very good. My buddy, uh, Mr. Joe, uh, CDIA board member extraordinaire. Thank you, sir. Uh, you can find me at uh, Joe underscore tech underscore guru on Twitter or at Thoughtful Home. And uh, obviously at Cedia all the time. And I'll be at Tech Home X talking about multi-room audio and HVAC as well. Yeah, actually, uh, Mitch will as well. And, and so will uh, those last Yahoo. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Matt Scott, how do people find you? And, and tell them about tell them, uh, Tech Home X. Uh, you can find me pretty much anywhere online at Matt D. Scott on Twitter, Facebook, and everything else. Uh, or you can visit OmegaAudioVideo.com. Uh, as far as Tech Home X, uh, I will be there uh, with both of these gentlemen, uh, other than Tim. Uh, and I'm, what am I speaking about? Oh, yes, we're talking about LED and... Uh, controlling LED and, and stuff and like that, as well as I've somehow been roped into a millennial panel. Because you're a millennial. So, no, I'm not, though. Yes, you are. No, I'm an, I'm an adult. <laughs> okay. But millennials are adults, just just for the record. You know. Okay, that's, that's questionable. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, my name is Tom Albright. Don't follow me, but go by the website, because that gentleman right there, Mr. Matt Millennial Scott, um... Uh, put Don't it together for us. He, he he did a very good job, uh, him and uh, Roddy Bradford Ben. So uh, go by that if you would, please. Avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. Uh, I have a brand new AV social coming out this week, as well as a new ed tech, and of course, our weekly um, uh, uh, AV week it happens every Friday. So avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been Resi Week.